there's a new hire program that we currently run for Broadcom for our own new hires within our own mainframe division. We said to ourselves, why don't we open that up to our own customers? So that's exactly what we're doing. We have them run at least one time in, in Pittsburgh, in July timeframe. It's a seven week intensive course. We bring our own mainframe software engineers together for an in-person training on everything mainframe, including soft skills or technical topics, again, like the basics of the mainframe. Hi, and welcome to Conversations with Des. I'm your host, Des Blanchfield. Today, I have the privilege of being joined in the studio by Lauren Valenti. Now, Lauren is a senior manager for customer advocacy and mainframe education in the mainframe division for Broadcom. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks for making time to catch up with me. Thank you, Des. Thank you so much for inviting me. Indeed. I've been dying to have this conversation. Uh, there's this whole space around the mainframe world and certainly uh, the education component and the advocacy piece that you're working on is something that is very dear to my heart uh, and we'll get into that in a little moment. But I wonder if uh, before we dive into the whole area of responsibility around leading that mainframe education and customer advocacy programs that you, you head up, I wonder if we could uh, just help the audience get to know you a little bit better and just uh, do a segue into you personally. Uh, any little fun anecdotes uh, around uh, where you're from originally and what inspired you to go into this whole space and uh, just to help the audience get to know you as an individual. Great. Thank you. So I am a native New Yorker who lives on Long Island, eastern part of Long Island, my whole life. I grew up here. Uh, Growing up, I've always wanted to be actually a school teacher. So before even coming into the IT space, I loved being with children as I actually worked for a nonprofit organization for a mentally and physically handicapped camp. And while going through school, my, I realized, though, that there was a fork in the road upon my journey within school. So my brother, who was five years older than me, he actually became a banker. And I saw how well he did, the experience that he had and that he was getting. And I pretty much, he was always a role model to me. So I pretty much wanted to follow his footsteps with going into business. So I decided to change direction in my second year of college and graduated with a bachelor's in business administration with a concentration in marketing. During my junior year, though, in, uh, in college, I met a woman who actually worked at Computer Associates at the time, now at CA Technologies, who told me about their internship program. And that is how I pretty much started my career with this company. I started as an intern. So it was very you know, exciting at the time, especially. I got to learn about a lot of new things. Now I'm actually coming up on my 20-year anniversary as of June of this year with CA Technologies, now Broadcom. And uh, I've pretty much learned a lot within the business. We had you know, many CEOs and different strategies. So I got a chance to work in multiple positions across the different departments in marketing, development, office of the CTO, as well as in support. And obviously now I'm leading the mainframe education and customer advocacy team. Wow, what an amazing career path and so forth. And uh, I love the blend of uh, having that background of your original focus on education, which is obviously now coming to the forefront, um, but also yeah. the uh, the pivot you made into moving into more business space. And congratulations on uh, uh, two decades uh, of, of being in the organization these days where there's such high churn uh, of staff and whatnot. It's, uh, 
it's it's very exciting to uh, meet someone who's actually uh, done a solid 20 years in one organization and i think it's quite an empowering thing because you, you know all the ins and outs of the organization the industry and the customers you're working with uh which i think is quite a unique thing these days so congratulations on that front I, Thank you. I have it on good authority that you're also a bit of a photography buff. And uh, there was a note that I was provided that apparently your seven-year-old son has uh, finally decided he's had enough of being the subject matter of oh, photography. Yeah. No more being handsome. <laughs> <laughs> no really more funny. being handsome. Well, uh, yeah. we're, we're uh, birds of a feather in that case because uh, I don't leave the house without a camera in hand. And, uh, in fact, just about everyone that knows me knows that if I turn up somewhere, I'm going to have a Panasonic GH5 with a a Rode microphone on the top and usually some wide angle lens and my newest ones are 10 to 25 and uh, uh, an f1.7 so uh, it, I imagine it's part of just uh, that whole process of being creative and getting out and, and doing things to sort of you know just shake off the work uh, stresses and challenges and and just getting some fresh air absolutely absolutely as well as I, I do go on vacations with the family as well we're trying to take a lot more uh, long weekend trips so uh, that, that's been something that we've been, you know, focusing on doing more so, which has been fantastic. Indeed. Well, as a parent of two, I know all too well that those years just go so quickly. I wonder if we're, so this whole challenge that you have, I, I'm fascinated by the mix of, uh, I guess, customer advocacy and the education programs, because I, I think they're a natural fit. But in some cases, a lot of people might think they are very separate challenges. Um, I wonder if we could maybe... Uh, uh, j- Get just a bit of an insight and kind of, you know, when we think about um, your role and, and, and heading up that whole mainframe education side of the world as well as advocacy programs, uh, what, what does the day in the life of Lauren Valenti inside the uh, mainframe division of Broadcom uh, look like? What, what are some of the normal challenges you're facing on a day-to-day basis? Sure. So, so let me just clarify customer advocacy programs because I'm sure people are asking what that actually means. And it, it's a mix of different programs uh, where we have with that we pretty much engage with our customers on. So we have like what we call a mainframe strategic advisory board. That's really for our Broadcom uh, senior level uh, management customers that are involved. Like they, they would come to that and provide, the, you know, input into our strategic direction, not only for the product, but also pretty much giving us input on how we can help them be successful in their mainframe business and we also hold events such as the mainframe technical exchanges. We have, um, I'm responsible for the global user groups for mainframe, as well as our communities for the mainframe division. So it's a pretty, when we say customer advocacy, it's a pretty big, big nut that I'm, I'm carrying on that side. I currently have at least 14 direct reports globally. So a typical day in the life is really supporting and overseeing that team having one-on-ones with them, right, and, and making sure that everybody's pretty much, uh, you know, not discussing their performance or problem-solving, right, because we have customers who, you know, really need education and, you know, and those who need it from an instructor-led tra- training perspective or they're not sure of what we have to offer. So it's working with them and making sure that we are getting those communications out. We also work with a lot of our internal teams on implementing any plans or, like I said, we get requirements from our customers. So we want to make sure that that's being part and built into our sprint planning. So, again, the whole goal is really making sure that we're meeting those areas of expectations from our customers. I do have the pleasure with meeting with customers when we do talk in a day in the life. 
And uh, again, I talk about our education offerings as well as the investments that we are providing to them and the value that we can bring to them. And then of course, partners are definitely key when it comes to education offerings. If we didn't have the partners, you know, we wouldn't be able to offer half the stuff that we do have like instructor-led training. And um, pretty much, I, you know, like I said, I really get to, the, the role itself, I really get to work with great people and help them succeed in their roles and, and as well as our customers with their businesses. And if you look back at the beginning of our conversation, I talked about teaching, and that's something that my real passion is being able to help individuals. And I get to help with this role. I get to help my team learn and grow from the experiences they have. And really for our customers, it's really ensuring that they are learning and growing when it comes to the mainframe environment, as well as our solutions on how to use it. So it's still, I'm still tapping into that nurturing side of me, I guess you can call it, which I've always had from the very beginning. So it's pretty, when I reflect and reflect on the journey that I've taken so far, it, it I'm really tapping into that side where I always wanted to teach, whether it's children, but it's pretty much... You know, I, I've grown to be more about our business and what we do to our customers as well as to our my actual team. Oh, I think it's fantastic. And I love the fact that you've been able to blend all the personal passions into your professional world right. because um, you really love this idea of having an advocate inside the organization throughout Broadcom who has the customer's best interest in art in a unique way. I mean, we think about things like you know, account management and sales relationships, et cetera, and tech support relationships, hardware and software. But having that role that you, you, you manage and, and drive as far as advocacy within the organization for the customer and, and particularly with the education bent uh, added to it, I think it's just such a unique and exciting role. It, it, it right. brings me to one of my first questions because one of the things I wanted to sort of talk about was this whole need to open up education and sort of close some of the skills gaps around mainframes and, and you've touched on those. I wonder if we can dive into a bit more detail around that whole sort of topic of the the need to close the skills gap in the mainframe world because I, I don't think there's any secret that the mainframe is sort of, you know, uh, was one of the longest best-kept secrets in technology for a long time and sort of now, you know, going through a resurgence where people realise that, you know, it's the world's biggest cloud platform in many ways and it's the thing that right. keeps aeroplanes in the air and in and, and, and a sense... Uh, and, and, you know, every day we use our credit cards that comes through a mainframe. And, and, you know, people are now learning that the mainframe is really the fundamental platform that keeps many things in our lives going. And organizations are challenged, uh, you know, from what I see, with as many as five different generational gaps, sort of baby boomers and Gen X and Gen Y, Gen Z and the millennials across the top with that. So I think that's really challenging them to manage human resource and keep those skills going and know who to hire and what skills to hire for and how to maintain those skills and train people. So I imagine you're faced with this very broad challenge, but I wonder if we maybe just talk about that whole need to open up education within organizations to actually close that mainframe skills gap and what that means to your customers and how you're addressing that. Sure. So, so like you touched upon, right, the mainframe skills is still a barrier to innovation, and that's what we're seeing and I'm hearing from a lot of our top executives at, at our customers sites. You know, when we have our mainframe strategic advisory council, that's, you know, I cringe. I always say I cringe when I hear customers still having a challenge when it comes to do when they have to do more with less and they still have an issue with main, you know, the needing to backfill as quickly as those who are retiring and they can't seem to find the right candidates and it takes too long to get these people up and running. They need at least five years so while the industry and we're is beginning to see improvements, 
we, we see that there is still more work to be done to reach this new talent and promote the opportunity available to the mainframe developers. We need to look, like you, you mentioned, opening up education and training where it is no longer a profit center, right? That's, that's something, you know, we need to be able to contribute to the mainframe ecosystem by improving those skills. And this is the strategy that Broadcom mainframe division believes in and is taking, you know, especially since the acquisition. We are seeing more partners like IBM, for instance, doing the same thing where we're all providing resources like our product web-based trainings for the mainframe and instructor-led trainings, for example, to help customers see the value and what they have with their mainframe environments. And we need to be able to create and build these programs that can help our customers address the declining resource of the mainframe skills and help create a sustainable, skilled workforce. So we know that our customers are faced with a lean main, mainframe staff, less budget, and dozens of systems to manage. And it's hard to make time for training but what we have to do is make it easier for them to do, and we need to demonstrate on the how. Making So Broadcom is making their web-based trainings available to our customers at no cost, right? And, and what we're trying to do, that's what we mean by opening up the education. It's making it available and easy for our customers to be able to get that training. And it's, you know, that's the first step. And we're, go, we're doing a lot more, which I'll get into later on this call. Yeah, in my experience, uh, and, and this is going to age me, but uh, you know, having worked on mainframes from my early teenage years, uh, whereas I was saying off air earlier that I used to forge my mum's signature to get out of school early and go and do evening shifts on mainframes. Um, but once upon a time, people used to think that you know, you know the mainframe skills, COBOL and assembler and, and other old languages, but. Uh, I think there's that challenge that there are some long-running systems that still are on COBOL and they're being maintained. And I remember having to find uh, British taxi drivers during the Y2K boom who were old mainframers with COBOL skills to hire them and help me with Y2K. But but these right. days when we think about the mainframe, it's it's one of the you know the leading technology platforms. It's got the fastest CPUs and the biggest memory capacity. And you know in many ways, I like to think of mainframe as the biggest cloud you can have in your own data center without going to third parties. And, you know, there's this whole transition I'm seeing that companies are struggling with, which I know you're addressing, which is the desire to go to DevOps, use automation or orchestration, uh, use cloud design principles and design models. And, and you've got a whole new generation of people who sort of, you know, would traditionally sort of been, uh, you know, Windows developers are moving to the Linux world. They want to go to open source. Companies and organizations are aware of the benefit of open source. So now you've got this space where you've got the long running traditional mainframe space that's got to be maintained. And the new and exciting emerging technologies around open source and Linux on the mainframe and, you know, even things like Cassandra and Hadoop and Spark running natively. You know, when I tell people that runs natively on the mainframe, they look at me as if I'm mad. Um, right. So I imagine there's this interesting juggle that you've got a balance of sort of, you know, existing environments and legacy platforms and apps that are getting – because, you know, some banking systems run for decades and decades and they just maintain and update it. And then there's all new exciting things that come along. Uh, that, that we hadn't even imagined would run on mainframe. I, I wonder if you can give us some little uh, insight in some of the programs that you're running to sort of address this, this whole challenge. Because, I mean, the education is one thing, uh, but right. the, the balance of sort of the new and emerging uh, desire to have DevOps and orchestration and automation and some of the new open source tools on the, on the mainframe, that's a whole different challenge of educating new entrants to the market on the benefits of the mainframe, whilst reskilling and re-engineering people who are probably old-time mainframers with 10-plus years' experience but having to now get new skills. How are you addressing this, and what sort of programs are you putting in place to sort of manage that? 
Sure. So, so in the last year, like I explained, we, we especially when since Broadcom and the acquisition, we did look at all of our different programs that we had to offer for our customers. And the web-based training was one area we're saying to ourselves, why are we charging for that? That's something that we're charging customers to learn our products, not something we want to do. So we made that open to anybody who is an active maintenance, who had an active maintenance with us, that they can get that availability. Then we looked at what we're hearing from our customers is that they're having issues with getting those who are new to the mainframe, whether they're new hires or those from the enterprise side that want to move to the mainframe side and they need to get up and running very quickly. So we realized that there's programs that we had existing, such as our mainframe academy. We had that existing. However, we again, it, it's pretty much we've discounted this, this tremendously. But it's a product and vendor agnostic program that provides core programming skills that will help our customers pretty much you know, manage their mainframe environment. Courses include an introduction to the ZOS environment, um, the TSO, ISPF for ZOS, JCL, dated set utilities. It's pretty much a six-week program that consists of blended learning, such as instructor-led, web-based, and self-paced learning. And um, that's something that we do offer, and that's something that a lot of our customers do take advantage of. But we also we said to ourselves, there's a new hire program that we currently run for Broadcom for our own new hires within our own mainframe division. That we said to ourselves, why don't we open that up to our own customers? So that's exactly what we're doing. We have them run um, at least one time in, uh, in Pittsburgh in the summer, in July timeframe. And then we just completed another one. We opened up one in Plano, Texas in January, February timeframe where we invited customers to attend that. And then we're gonna open up another one in Prague for those who are, who are EMEA-based, uh, you know, on a, to basically have that available to those folks over there. But it's pretty much a seven-week intensive course where we bring our own mainframe software engineers together for an in-person training on everything mainframe, right? Including soft skills or technical topics, again, like the basics of the mainframe and even on assembler and things like that. But again, we're trying to offer these things, you know, where it's available to our customers and not charge them. The only thing that they would be responsible for is their, you know, travel and expense, but pretty much we want to open it up. We want to help them understand the mainframe and get them up and running on it. And then last but not least, Des, the Vitality yeah. Program. And I know you spoke to Deb Carbo, who's managing, she was a director, product manager, director who's uh, responsible for this. But even that, right, that's part of our mainframe education portfolio. And with the Vitality, we are taking customer talent and putting them through a comprehensive training on the mainframe at our own expense. And then what we're doing is we're returning them in a matter of three months as either certified DBAs or, you know, we have other Broadcom product areas such as CA Endeavor, Security, ACF2, and Datacom, IDMS. But with that, we've seen, we've had a couple of our customers join that already, and we've seen an extraordinary success. For example, Guardian Life actually just recently went through it, and they actually hired a person. Um, we went, we did all the training, and then they went on site. And the, the person that we trained went on site, and Guardian Life decided to hire that person. And again, at no cost. And we currently have many others in progress and that are in the pipeline. So you will definitely hear more about these as they are completed. 
But again, this is a, we want to help and invest in our customers and help them address those skill gaps. And it's such an exciting program. All of these are pretty much exciting. But as you can see, we're trying to open it up as much as we can so that our customers can see the value and get what they need from us to, and to help manage their mainframe. Now, I'm a big fan of these. And to me, it seems like you've covered the full spectrum. So you've got the mainframe academy, mainframe academy at one end where you've got new entrants coming right. in and learning. You've got the Vitality residency program at the other side where you've got people where you're essentially reskilling and, 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 or sharpening up existing skills. Mm-hmm. And you've got the whole associate software engineer program, I guess, in the middle of that in some ways where... Um, if I understand it right, and certainly uh, uh, I had such a great time chatting with uh, Deb Carver, and and yeah. I had the opportunity to have her on camera uh, at the at a recent share event in Pittsburgh, and so much fun, and, and just so much passion for it. But in the middle of that, sort of between the mainframe academy and one space, where it's sort of I guess the new entrance, and and then the Vitality program of reskilling existing people to to sort of you know, look at new modern technologies. I love the way that Associate Software Engineer Program works of putting people on site, getting them to know the company they might work for. And just, you know, it's so exciting to hear that you've had these candidates go through the programs from either side and now get these jobs. Uh, I imagine that was probably the original remit was to sort of fit both ends of the spectrum of new entrants and, and reskilling to then provide that pipeline. Um, What's the response been like from from customers, uh, just to get a sense? I mean, I, it, it seems obvious, but I imagine that some of them jump at it and just think, this is great, there's a natural fit. Others may just need a little bit of time to sort of adjust on how that would work because it's a new pipeline for human resources at work compared to the normal HR departments. Yeah, right. I mean, yes, and, and that's something. But the thing is that we're also saying is that we don't have to hire the person and then put them through the program. If they even have their own people as well, they, they have the choice of, joining us with our own new hires in the associate software engineer program, or they can send the new hires if they want to learn more about, especially about any of our uh, Broadcom products, they can put them through the Vitality program, right? So we're also accepting other, you know, avenues. We're willing to work with each of the customers on a case-by-case basis. If they have, you know, difficulty or if there's another way that we need to work with them, we're more than happy to work with them if we can. I love it. I wonder if we can maybe just dive into a little more detail around each of these. Excuse me. Um, I mean, the Mainframe Academy, what's the journey like for an entrant who sort of comes to the Mainframe Academy? What sort of the key steps they go through to get to the point where they're uh, either qualified or certified at the end of the process and then, uh, and then uh, are basically you know, available to, to partners and integrators and customers to hire? So, so with the Mainframe Academy, that's, again, that's something that the customer would have to send their, uh, their new hires to. That's an actual, and it's a blended learning, right? They, they can go through an instructor-led training, web-based or self-paced, and it's about 220 hours of training. Then they take 26, I believe there's like 26 mastery tests, and then we do offer three certification exams. But again, that's the customer sending their resource through this program. Right. And that, that's the one that's at cost. And then the associate software engineer program, that's pretty much... You know, again, if they wanted to send their own people to it, they're more than welcome to. I love that. And and the Vitality uh, residency program, I mean, I I had the privilege of interviewing a number of the teams uh, while I was in in Pittsburgh recently with the Broadcom team at SHARE. And uh, I I was blown away by just the amount of energy and excitement that that the Vitality team had around it. you know, part of me when I, you know, I mean, I've certainly had various jobs over my uh, many years of working life, and I didn't always like being challenged with the need to relearn or sharpen skills. 
But they were so enthused about this whole process of the Vitality program, getting into it, being fully immersed in it, and then getting out in front of uh, customers through the uh, software engineer uh, associate program. What, what's the journey for someone going through the Vitality residency program like? I, I feel, you know, again, you're you're with a team of people who are in the same boat with you, right? You're, you're, you have like a network that you're starting with to begin with. There's about, you know, it could be 10 to 15 people within that program that are with you. And then you also have the tie back. You will have, you'll be shadowed with folks back in our own development labs. So having that network and of people that they can rely on throughout the whole process is very key. And, and it, it, they feel like they're part of the family no matter what, whether you're Broadcom or with a new customer, with our customer of ours, you're always with us and you have this network no matter what. So I think that was, that's definitely key. And anybody who does go through this program, they feel that they are part of a family, which they are. And um, having that community and that, that you know, family unity is, is definitely something that makes them feel a lot more comfortable. I've, you know, I've seen and I've heard about the residences that have gone through the program and they are doing very good and they know they will always have the support from us no matter what. I love it. And, you know, from my own personal experience, I know certainly that, you know, if I'm looking to learn new skills, it's much more fun with a group of peers who can help each other. And when I'm looking for new jobs, as it were, uh, uh, in my youth, uh, I was always I always found it easy to go for a network of people other than just feeling like I was on an island. And uh, so I imagine there's a number of those things, as you said, that just naturally lend, lend themselves to making that journey a lot more fun, a lot more engaging, but also a lot more successful. From a, from a customer point of view, um, what sort of feedback are you getting with the success stories you've had? Because I know you've had a number of great success stories. What's some of the conversations you're having with customers uh, sound like that when, when they go through this program with you, either putting their own staff through the Mainframe Academy or, or finding uh, new people with refreshed skills through the Vitality Residency Program? Uh, how are they adapting to it? What's some of the feedback you're getting from them? From the actual customers themselves that are putting the people through the program? So yeah. Far, so- I mean, they are, they, they're, they love it. They love the programs. They see the value. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something. And, again, it's about that unity and that family, that network that they're building, the community. They will always have with the associate engineer program. They're starting with our own new hires that we're bringing on. So, again, having that network and that community that they can always rely back to if they have any questions about mainframe in general or if they have questions about our Broadcom products it's it's been it's been good the outcome especially with the mainframe academy has been doing very well we've been getting very good feedback and and if anything they keep sending so if it wasn't that good they wouldn't be sending more custom their own people through it again <laughs> so it's a good thing so far so uh indeed good success with it yeah there's no more uh, obvious success factor than uh, having more bodies sent to you the other side of your challenge around customer advocacy, uh, this, this is something that I've had a lifetime passion for myself, and I, I love the fact that you, you're heading this up. Uh, it, it struck me very early on in my career when I was inside large organizations, whether it was a bank or an airline or whatever, and I was the one having to keep the lights on with the tin in the data centers, that uh, the type of relationship I had with vendors was often either an account management role or a support role or a maintenance role or even a business development type role. 
and I found that, you know, there was always this angle of kind of, you know, what do I need to do to keep the account happy and then get out of the way because, you know, they'll ask me all questions. It seems to me now that you've been able to develop this amazing new approach to sort of have yourself and your team around you inside the organization with a finger on the pulse of their, organi- their organization and their core business and the technology and systems that, that, that actually support that, and then act as an advocate within your organization to ensure that you're doing everything you possibly can, whether it's you know, the, the education piece or I imagine you know, just that whole relationship side with the organization, the customers. I wonder if you could maybe just give us a little insight into kind of how that came about and, and, and how that function works. And, and, and some of the success stories you've had so far around just that driving greater advocacy of the customers themselves inside your organization. Sure. So, so I mean, the whole customer advocacy organization, the you know, how it forms and, and what the main objective of what we were trying to really do is we wanted to bring these programs together to ensure that our customers are getting what they need, not just when it's time to renew, right? Because, you know, you hear that time and over and over again, ah, you just come to visit when we renew. But we want to make sure that we are with them throughout their journey with us. So the main objective here is really to build that deeper relationship and provide more value, right, to our customers as, again, they're critical to us. So we're investing more in relationships by sharing knowledge through these events, right? So we don't have CA World anymore, but what we're doing is, is you know, the Innovation World Tours, right? We're going straight to our customers in, in the regions. The mainframe technical exchanges is what I'm responsible for. So we're trying to go in areas. We, we, you know, we looked at the map and we saw where our customers, I mean, this is really thought out. We're really going, you know, pretty much where our customers are, but we're bringing our customers to our own development centers or development labs so that they can hear more from our own uh, subject matter experts, the development engineers themselves, and provide input into our products, um, and as well as requirements, anything that they'd like to see more of and learn more, especially about roadmaps as to where we're going. And then with the global mainframe user groups, you know, we have more of a pulse on that, even more so globally. Right. You know, we have about 27 plus in EMEA and uh, we're building up a little bit further within the U.S. where we have a little bit um, about 10 or so, which we're starting to build up even more so. And then the mainframe strategic advisory council, where we're really trying to tap into and build further relationships with our own, the, the actual senior management, uh, you know, of our customer base, because we want to make sure that they get that input into our strategic direction. It's so important for us to get this feedback from a practitioner standpoint at the mainframe technical exchanges, our global user groups, and letting them hear about what we're trying to do with our products and the roadmaps. And then then you got the senior management and really working with them and making sure they understand and they have input into our direction and where we're going. Right. But again... It's pretty much we want to make it easier for our customers to get the full value, right, of these programs. So we're just we're trying to push and make sure. I mean, we're hearing from even our the executives from our customer base that uh, when it comes to the mainframe strategic advisory council, we actually, unfortunately, due to the virus, I don't mean to bring it up, but due to the virus, we actually were supposed to meet in Prague um, about a week and a half ago. Uh, but however, it got canceled, right, to meet with, and we were supposed to meet at least 17 customers, and unfortunately, we couldn't. So we did it virtually, you know, because we believe that it's so important, and we, we really want to hear about their challenges and their needs and to ensure that they, we, 
they know that we're hearing them and that they know we're going to work towards it in the, in the following year when we do see them again. Indeed. You know, mainframes, the mainframes don't stop running right now, and neither do we. So that's something that we need to continue to make sure that we're moving forward with. Absolutely. And I, I guess, you know, it's, it's it's March 2020. And as you mentioned, you know, the world's been challenged with uh, yet another novel uh, derivative of the coronavirus, COVID-19. And so travel is, is restricted and people are working from home. But I think this is one of the exciting things from everything that I've seen myself. I've had the privilege of being at some of the user groups, particularly the share events. And, right. and participate in some of the community catch-ups and certainly have the opportunity to, to, to be part of some of the technical exchanges and so forth, is that it seems to me a lot of that can all be done online and, and a lot of your training and education is self-service and online as well. So, you know, in 2020, it, it does behoove us to kind of, uh, kind of you know, reduce some of that physical travel and, and use technology for what it is. But the thing that strikes me across all of this is just the, the general sense of thought leadership. I think when I Look at other spaces outside the mainframe world. When I think about different cloud platforms, open source groups, uh, whether it's you know OpenStack or Hadoop or Cassandra or Spark or just the Linux programs, a lot of those are are often projects that are run by the actual people themselves. So we we set them up ourselves. Uh, they may have some sort of sponsorship from vendors. But what seems to be the case with me watching these come through is that that you've as an organization seen this need, seen this gap provided mm-hmm. the capability in the platform and obviously the sponsorship and funding to support it and put these programs right. in place so that uh, you've used the the capability and the strength and the depth of knowledge and experience that you have to put these programs in place, whether it's the mainframe user groups or the communities you mentioned or the even the vertical, uh, more focused areas around the technical exchanges and the strategic advisory council. So you brought that thought leadership and experience in place. But then my experience has been that once you get the thing going, you step back and let it build a life of its own and help just steward it. And I think the share experience for me more than anything uh, recently in Pittsburgh showed me that, that, you know, you were there, you're part of it, but you're there as equals and peers for all the other folk as opposed to just try, you know, standing up doing a big sales pitch. And I think that thought right. leadership has been such a success factor for this. Um, I guess one of the things that I, I loved seeing was a mix of everything from developers and designers and hardware and software world through to a number of customers who came from a business decision-making point of view who had gotten that message, realized, you know, we're coming here to be part of the community. We're not here to be sold to. And then they bought, right. their, their, they bought their big, hard, curly questions to the table. And, and you know, whether it's the Broadcom CA mainframe people or whether it's the, the actual developers and users themselves, it was this open period. And I, I imagine that must have been a eureka moment when you saw that happening and realized that this thing had not just developed a life of its own, but it was really getting some momentum. Right. Exactly. Exactly. What about, um, so, I mean, some of these have been around for a little while. I mean, I know you've had uh, particularly technical exchanges in the advisory council. Um, when you get something like these, these groups going up, I mean, you must get a number of, of these people take some of these things back and board. Uh, there's probably, a, you know, I imagine you get a higher level of demand from organizations asking for how they now participate in that. What sort of reach out, what's the journey like for an organization saying, hey, look, we, we want to participate in, in the likes of, say, you know, the technical exchanges or, or be part of the strategic advisory council? Um, what's that sort of conversation like when, when a customer or a partner reaches out and says, how do we get on board with this? How do we get started? Where do we get started? So, so we do have, you know, again, we're always on the uh, mainframe communities at Broadcom. We always promote over there as well on that community site. So I definitely highly recommend anybody who's interested in attending these, that's the place to go. We always have it updated 
as well as through our social media avenues. We definitely promote our mainframe technical exchanges and also your account teams, right? You, you know, pretty much they understand and know when these events are happening. We also have a Broadcom.com calendar, uh, events calendar, where we do host these as well. So if you go on Broadcom.com, there is an actual event calendar that we have with all of our events that take place. Um, and we can definitely make sure if you want to participate on an actual session with, you know, co-hosting with our folks, we're more than happy to bring you on board. The other thing with the Mainframe Strategic Advisory Council, that's that's something that if anybody is interested, especially um, it is an invitation only type of event. However, you know, again, we don't, especially if it's a customer of ours, we will definitely make sure that we look into, you know, making sure that we work with you and in, in including them into that as well. Great idea. I, I'm a big fan. I, I've actually got bookmarked both the uh, Mainframe Academy page because there's, there's such a, an amazing amount of uh, information there just to get started. Uh, but I also uh, recently saw a number of great updates coming through the Vitality program. And one of the things I really loved was uh, right out front, there's a, a question that just says, what's in it for me? <laughs> I always like it when people realize, yeah. that they, I want to know what, what I'm going to get out of this. Um, right. And uh, so I did like that. That was a great little addition uh, above and beyond outlining the fact that, uh, as you said, through all the sections is uh, I know there's one that's saying now that you know there's there's uh, sessions coming up for the winter spring period for 2020 and then right there's an outline of what the vitality program is but right in the middle yeah. of the page what's in it for me and I think that's yeah. that's that probably speaks volumes to I guess the the approach you're taking that is that you you know why people are coming to you you know what they're looking for um, so yeah absolutely I, I I think you're bang on the money there that people should just jump on the broadcom.com website and just go through both the uh, uh, well, the two ones that we've been talking about specifically, the Mainframe Academy and the Vitality Program, and then from that, there's a whole bunch of other material. Um, I wonder if I could ask you one last question uh, before we wrap up then. Sure. I mean, um, you know, if you provide I, I really love what you're doing around the advocacy piece. That's uh, just a fantastic – I just get so excited about the fact that there's someone in the organization within Broadcom and the CA world who, who has this whole customer focus, not just from the basic customer service and support and so forth, but just really understanding what makes the customers tick. And I just love the fact you're, you're, you've answered all the questions and challenges around the community and the businesses from either onboarding new people or, or refreshing skill sets and, and retraining skill sets for the Vitality Program. I think this is such a perfect blend. And then the bridge you've built into the organizations for people to send their existing people to go through the academy or, or provide a, a platform that people can go to. To, to get some experience through the Vitality program and work out whether it's the right fit for the person, the company. This is such a fantastic thing. One of the things I'd love to to get a sense of, and, and, and often what I tend to do is invite my guests to sort of uh, gaze into a virtual crystal ball. So I wonder mm-hmm. uh, if I was to say to you, uh, Lauren, that uh, I'm, I'm going to hand you a virtual crystal ball and, you know, Broadly, with the remit that you have uh, as far as, uh, you know, heading up the, the mainframe education side of things, as well as the customer advocacy programs, if you were to sort of just gaze into this virtual crystal ball for a moment, just with a view of sharing a sense of kind of where we're going the next three to five years, uh, particularly in these two areas around education and, and, and mm-hmm. uh, the focus on, on, you know, the advocacy piece. What sort of conversations should these organizations be having from their boardroom down? I mean, you know, one of the things I love to sort of leave people with is a series of actionable things of, you know, should they put a standing agenda item on their boardroom agendas each month to say, well, what are we doing about education and retraining and new onboarding? What are we doing about working with our partners and integrators for, for, for advocacy of our business? Um, what are the big things in the next three to five years that you think people should be talking about, thinking about, and, and where does this take us? What sort of changes do you see happening inside the, the industries that you're working with? 
I mean, pretty much it, it's, you know, the, the main thing is, is to make sure that they look at the strategy that they have when it comes to resources, you know, those who are retiring, um, you know, the biggest, the one thing that I see and, and as a challenge that I'm seeing more and more, and that I think this is the perfect segue is we're seeing more and more newly appointed executives that are managing the mainframe space that have minimal to no knowledge of the platform. And because we're seeing this, we, we are working on a program to help these executives understand the mainframe so that they can make the right decisions and they will have more context, business background, and understanding of why the mainframe is so critical. I mean, that's where a lot of the challenges are coming from as well. So when you're looking at everything as a holistic view, it's pretty much, you know, does everybody understand what the mainframe does, number one? Number two, do you have the right staff, you know, to look at, you know, pretty much is the staff there, you know, do we have any critical needs? And if so, how do we get them that training? And that's where we can definitely help you. That's why we're all here. We're here to help each of you to get to move ahead and get your business up and running, when, especially when it comes to the mainframe and on the platform. We are working on, um, stay tuned, but we are working on an actual uh, training to help executives understand the mainframe even more so. So that's something that I that we are working on the next 12 to 18 months for sure. It might probably even less that will be available to them to help them understand it. But the other thing that I, I definitely would like to see more of is, you know, partner with our customers as well as vendors like IBM and pretty much create a community for mainframe education. You know, that's something that myself and Jeb Carbo, you know, who we spoke to earlier, that's something that we're all talking about. And our customers are even saying that wouldn't it be great to build some kind of uh, Rosetta Stone for mainframe education. It seems that we're all building the same information to help our customers on the mainframe. But why can't we all work together on this and build a community? So that's something we are looking more into with doing partners as well as customers in the next year. We want to start piloting and start working on a couple of different things that we're partnering with other vendors with as well as our customers. So you know, thinking more broadly, right, about how we can start educating people and, and especially about the mainframe is pretty much where we need to go. And, and like I said, if you're looking at your business and, and the, the actual resources that you have and, and what you need, leverage vendors like us because we're all starting to think broadly as to how we can help you even further. I like that. It's a fantastic view of the world. And, and certainly, as you alluded to there, like the, so many big things are happening around the world now as far as, you know, digital transformation, uh, customer-driven disruption, uh, you know, the, the pivot to cloud models and, and uh, the adoption of open source. Some of these are just really big challenges in their own right. When you put them all into a melting pot and blend them up, they become uh, such a, a big challenge that sometimes senior executives and, and C-suite are, are just breathless trying to figure out what these things actually are. And as you said, you know, right. providing that sort of education across the C-suite and, 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 and down, down through the stack, if you'll pardon the pun, uh, mm -hmm. in software valance, um, I think is so important because you know, having a basic vocabulary and a language with which to speak openly across an organization about what these things right. are, that's often the first challenge. I think that's exciting to see you're doing that. Um, and, you yeah. know, with the projects like Zoe, for example, which I'm a huge fan of, um, you know, yeah. now, you know, not only are you supporting it, but you're, you're actually hosting it and managing it and running it and funding it such that, that this whole interface from, from the open source and Linux world into what's naturally natively on the mainframe 
uh, I think this is a very good direction we're going on. And one of the things that really struck me from from my last event, I had the privilege of joining your team at, uh, mm-hmm. was that I actually have heard a couple of developers and systems engineers from two different financial organizations. And it seemed to me that they were actually competitors uh, in, in their day-to-day life. But they were talking about collaborating on the Zoe project. They went to one of the Zoe uh, user groups the day before. And it struck me that, uh, like many industries, certainly like the telco industry and other spaces, the, the, the mainframe world and the big businesses that you're working with have realized that they, yes, they can compete as brands out in the world, but they have to co-opt and, and, and collaborate. And I think open source in many ways is helping do this. So, I think we're set yeah. for a good, bright future for this space, and I'm sure that's the sense that you're getting from your customers as well. Exactly, and and our customers want that from us, right? They want us to be more collaborative, especially with vendors and competitors, and so that's something that we are moving towards. There's uh, one thing I'd like to leave listeners with as well. Uh, I was uh, reading a recent blog of yours that I think was right on the message for this, and it was titled Mainframe Skills Needed? Question mark. We got this. Uh, I think there should be an exclamation mark on the end of that, not a full stop. Um, but uh, Lauren Valenti has authored this great blog called Mainframe Skills Needed. Uh, we got this. It's on the Broadcom website. Uh, you'll find it easily through any search engine or directly through their search under their blog. It's well worth a read. It touches on two key things that I think um, we can wrap up on nicely here, and that is the the, the, the whole skills challenge and the fact that it continues, it isn't just something you can tick in the box and say, I've done it. It's just an ongoing thing. And, and, and I love the summary you've got there where it essentially just says it can be done. I think sometimes it seems such an insurmountable thing that people aren't sure where to start. And you've got some great uh, points there. We won't go into detail now, but I invite listeners to, to uh, jump on that and have a look at it later. And, and I do like your, your final point there, which is you know, it's important to partner organizations need to stay true to their core business and 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 this is where they can leverage what uh, either broadcom or broadcoms integrators and partners are bringing to the space with this whole training thing so congratulations on on some amazing programs there and and i i'm dying to see where this goes over the next three to five years but it's been great to catch up with you and thank you so much for making time to uh, be on the show with me and thank you so much des for the opportunity really appreciate it it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, hopefully we'll catch up and get you on camera again soon but in the meantime Uh, Have a fantastic uh, afternoon or evening uh, there in the US and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again soon and I hope we'll have the privilege of having you back on the show show another time in a few more months. Great. I look forward to it. Thank you, Des.